Really? Are you, are you serious? Tell me the truth. The truth? It's only a story. It's not real. It's only a story. Are you serious? This may very well be for real. It's not real, Peter. It's a hallucination. For real? Now lighten up. We've been sitting there all serious and shit. For real? But what am I talking about? Let's get real here. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Are you serious? Are you serious right now? For real? What is real? How do you define real? That's when you know it's for real. Get it? That's huh? Hold up. It's for real. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to For Real, your podcast about documentaries. I'm Special K, and I'm Matt, and here we go yet again. Matt, how are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, my wife just got back from a work conference. Mm-hmm. It was like her first one, so it's just uh, me like solo parenting for five days and uh it was weird um everybody's still alive everybody made it that's good yeah my kids got you know all nine of her fingers so everything's good yeah no i mean it was it was good like you know it was just i i took time off work so i could make sure i was like there to pick her up from school and drop her off i didn't have to worry about work like last minute dropping some shit in my lap Mm -hmm. you know so it was that was nice uh I did a lot of a lot of work while I was off work. I didn't care for it. <laughs> That's but, how it goes, uh, man. That's how it goes. You escape one, you escape like the job work, then you have to do like housework. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're like, "Oh man, I'm so glad I don't have to go to work so I can lift and move heavy shit all week." <laughs> <laughs> for yeah, you go from lifting heavy shit all week for pay to lifting heavy shit for several days for no pay. <laughs> yes. Yes, but it was good. I was like, I need, I need this exercise because, like, I get a little crazy on my off days, like when I'm not doing stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was nice because, like, I'd wake up early in the morning, I'd go do like a bunch of shit, and I'd be like, okay, uh, now I can like sit down, have some caffeine, and like, just got that little en- boost of energy out of the way, and I can just relax for the rest of the day. Oh yeah. So yeah, nope. I hear you, man. We uh, we started speaking of getting some work done. We did a little fall cleanup. We got uh, Halloween is officially underway. Halloween season, at least, is officially underway Uh-oh. over here at the Special K household. So we uh, getting a little prep done. Had to work on a few little odds and ends for the Halloween decorations. I know you're excited about that. Oh, I'm stoked. You've I probably been it. working on that since last December. I love it. I love it. I love it. Oh, I'm, I'm constantly watching like YouTube videos, trying to get ideas, trying to, I mean, it's just, I got... I got so many different like schematics and drawings, like little handwritten notes that I make when I'm watching YouTube videos. I'm like, oh, that's cool, but I could do it better. Or I could do it differently. They're all over the place. I mean, it's like a mad scientist's workshop over here. But uh, and I'm I'm stoked. I mean, I've already had my pumpkin spice latte for this season. Like, I'm all, I'm all in. I'm invested. Oh, you, I'm you're, invested. you're white. You're you're white girling it up. That's right, buddy. White was that um, cracks up every time. White woman's insta- white woman's Instagram. By uh, what's his name came out during the pandemic. Oh, it's so good that music video. Fuck, what's his name? I can't think of it. It's so good. It is perfect. I haven't seen it. Oh, God, I can't. I'm, I'm drawing a blank. I'm drawing a blank because we're recording right now. Um, white woman's. Well, I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta look it up now. I gotta look it up. I'm sorry, folks. It's like you always say: the internet always wins. Bo Burnham. Bo Burnham. White woman Instagram. Check out the music video on YouTube. He made it all by himself during COVID. Literally by himself, nobody else. 
he filmed the whole thing, edited everything himself. It is incredible. It is so good. <laughs> if this was, if we, we had the ability, I would insert it here um, in this episode, but we do not have the money to license that. So nope, nope, we are. You're gonna have to Google that shit on your own. We are we're we one of those podcasts that's on a budget. <laughs> Can't be paying to throw shit in there just willy nilly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so um, anyway, so let's get into this week's episode. Um, carrying on with the spooky season uh, motif uh, for this for this month. This week we are covering "Beware the Slender Man." Uh, it was released in 2016. <laughs> uh, it is currently a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb, out of 7.2 thousand reviews. And the synopsis uh, on IMDb is quote tells the story of two 12-year-old girls who attempted to murder one of their friends in an attempt to appease Slenderman, a fictional monster from a horror website, end quote. So, Matt, I think we talked previously on another episode. I can't remember which one it was. For some reason, I want to say it was uh, the clown episode we did last year, but what do you know prior to watching this documentary? What did you know about Slenderman? So I had heard about the murders or about the attempted murder. I'm sorry. Okay. And honestly, I was surprised when I watched it because I thought they actually did it. I thought they succeeded. Okay. Uh, Spoiler alert. Um, But I know I like, I knew the girl's ages and I knew it was about appeasing some dark horror God that they'd concocted in their minds, but that was about it. Okay. I never heard of Slenderman before then. I didn't do a lot of research into what Slenderman was after it happened. Uh, after watching this documentary, I am horrified. But uh, <laughs> also, we'll continue to not look into it because I don't want to know. So, yeah, I, um, I, 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 I have the same kind of the same background here. I, re- I totally remember hearing about the stabbing uh, when it happened because. Obviously, they were very young, and it was related to this internet thing. Um, I, that's, I think, my first. I don't have any recollection of even hearing the name Slenderman before that. But yeah. since then, I've definitely heard uh, more of what about what it supposedly is, or who he is, like the boogeyman, essentially. Um, the documentary kind of goes more into detail as far as like what the lore and legend is around him, supposedly. But. Um, Spoiler alert, guys! Slenderman isn't real, so if you unfortunately, or you, is he? Or or is he? Well, I, I guess. Hey, that's up for debate. Because if he makes uh, two twelve-year-old girls try to kill their friend, that I mean, he's real enough. That's, I mean, that's power. So yeah, um, yeah. So in uh, May thirty-first of two thousand fourteen, in Waukesha, Wisconsin, twelve-year-old Peyton, um, who they referred to as Bella, maybe her friends call her Bella, was stabbed 19 times by her best friend, Morgan, and her friend, Anissa. And like we said, as Matt said, they did it supposedly to appease the Slenderman character uh, because they needed to... They kind of changed their story throughout the documentary. At first, it's because they needed to protect their family because if they didn't, Slenderman was going to kill their family. But then towards the end, it's like they wanted to go to Slenderman's mansion or something, and so they needed to do it to appease him, um, to make him now, like now, to, to be a proxy or something. 
the biggest question after all this is, do you think they're still best friends after the stabbing? Uh, I doubt it. I, now, which ones? Do you mean the girl who was stabbed or the two girls that concocted yeah. the stabbing? Yeah, because there's the, 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 the girl stabbed her best friend, uh-huh. right? Yeah. So do you think the girl that got stabbed like forgave her eventually and they, you know, everything's cool now? Um, or do you think well, that's probably... Well, I mean, we could jump. Yeah, we could jump ahead to that. So I did a little, a little, little deep dive here. You know, obviously wanted to look more into it. And uh, in 2019, more than five years, according to Wikipedia, the victim who was 17 at the time of the interview spoke to ABC's 2020, saying that, uh, and speaking of her scars, she quote, "I don't think much of them. They will probably go away and fade eventually." When asked what she would say if she ever saw. Morgan again, she said that she would thank her because the attack inspired her to pursue a career in medicine. So, uh, I I find that hard to believe, but the thank you, not the not the part in medicine, but <laughs> I feel like if somebody inspired me to do something great, I'd be like, that's awesome. But if they stab me first, I'd be like, listen, we got to work on your communication skills because yeah. there are this, was, ways this to, was trash. There are better ways to go around, <laughs> better ways to go about this. But, uh, okay, so let's talk about some of the players here. So Morgan, um, again, I think she's 11 or 12 years old at the time of the stabbing. Her her mother, you know, says that when she was a child, she was well, she was a child the entire time, I guess. When she was a younger yeah. child, uh, she was quirky. She was very creative. Uh, one thing that she noted, and I, I kind of want to get your take on this, because this is actually, I've heard about this, about somebody else having the same reaction, but. Um, she, she, her mother noticed that when she was really young, she lacked empathy. Um, and as an example of this, she mentioned that when she saw the movie Bambi, Morgan wasn't sad when Bambi's mom was killed. Spoiler alert. If you haven't seen Bambi, but I actually know somebody else who is not sad when Bambi's mom died. So now I'm, I mean, luckily we're not close, so I'm not concerned about getting murdered by this person, but. I mean, were you sad when Bambi's mom died? Is that a, is that a gauge? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's like, arguably this, one of the saddest points of that whole movie, which was just rife with sad things happening. I mean, his mom, his mom got popped for no reason. She was like, Hey, look, it's the first spring grass. Oh wait, blam. Like, yeah, it's, it's fucking sad. I, I, I feel like if my kid was like, like didn't react to that at all. I'd be like, okay, I'm locking my door at night. That's fine. You know, I still love you. I just, you know, think you're a crazy person. <laughs> yeah. I mean, maybe that's like the first like litmus test, um, first psychology like exam that a kid should undergo. They should be forced to watch the beginning of Bambi and, uh, and then they should record their reaction. And anybody who isn't empathetic towards the loss of the mother should be, uh, you know, locked up immediately, or it's yeah, like, uh, or I was gonna say, or given treatment or something. But sure, yeah, lock them, lock them up, lock, lock them up. No, there's no recovering from that. Listen, All right. Have you seen Stranger Things? Do you have you lock kids up in facilities? They get powers, man. They get abilities. Well, that's what that's why you don't let them out. I don't, I don't know what the problem was there. Hey, they should have. Eleven got out on her own. That's what happens. Listen, listen. I, I'm just saying. I'd like won't tie like you know those cartoons where they get the the metal ball chained to their leg. 
Yeah. Like, I don't care how telekinetic she is. She's not moving that ball. She's going to get tired after a while. <laughs> and then she's just stuck dragging this thing around. And you that's when you got her. That's when you get her. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Morgan's mom says that she was aware that uh, Morgan had interest in this Slenderman character, but she did not, they did not think that, they didn't imagine that Morgan thought it was a real thing. They thought that Morgan, it was just something that she was like a kid messing around. You know, she didn't think it was anything real. Uh, Anissa, I hope I'm pronouncing her name. I feel like we are like terrible at pronouncing names now. I don't know why. I'm pretty sure it's Anissa. I think, I think it's Anissa. Anissa? It? Okay, we're going to say Anissa. We're just going to slow ride with Anissa and we'll see what happens. So Anissa, um, she's kind of, it sounds like she's mostly kind of, a, was kind of a loner, didn't have a lot of friends. I think Morgan was like her only real friend and immediately in the documentary, her father is in my eyes, how it came across. He was extremely defensive in his oversight of her. Did you, did you pick up on that at all? Or what'd you, what'd you think about the dad's reaction to, especially when it came to Anissa's like iPad usage? All I'm going to say is if, my kid got convicted of attempting to murder somebody, I'd be pretty defensive about my parenting too. I'd be like, listen, I did everything. Okay. All right. I gave her hugs. I, I tucked her in at night. Like, I don't know what went wrong, but you know, I just blame the interweb, but it's not my fault. I mean, well, come on. And what was, I guess what's kind of at the beginning of the documentary, you know, they talk about, he talks about how, like how strict he was and how he was constantly kind of looking over her shoulder and was, really monitoring what they were doing on their devices and like online. But Clearly late, wasn't monitoring that closely. Well, that's the, the later on, it's like some of like when they start getting some of her search history and some of her like YouTube algorithm shit, there's no way he was possibly keeping that close of an eye on her. If she was posting that kind of shit or watching that kind of shit or whatever, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, again, I get it though. I get it. Your 12 year old daughter is uh, in car at the time of the documentary. The documentary was was made very contemporaneously to the stabbing. They weren't even like through their criminal trial yet when this documentary was released. So yeah, they were they were they jumped on this immediately. Yeah, they were they must have been in the area. <laughs> they were like, let's just jump on yeah. this shit quick. <laughs> so um, Morgan and Anissa um, were both caught pretty much immediately after the stabbing, and they were both charged with attempted first degree murder. And one thing that the document gets into later is the fact that they were charged as adults and under Wisconsin law, they face up to 65 years in prison. Crazy to me. That's that's I mean, it's wild. I mean, later on they get into it, but and we'll talk more about it. But so when they first get arrested and they, they show throughout the documentary, they, they do show um, the I'm going to call them interrogation tapes. They weren't really being interrogated. They're kind of asked quite. I mean, they were, but they weren't. It wasn't like uh, aggressive. They kind of just were asked questions by detectives and the, the girls were very forthcoming with information. I mean, they seemed to be very cooperative. Um, what was wild to me is that you have two Togo girls who are, you know, in custody under the auspices that you believe they tried to kill somebody. And I think at the time of the interview, they weren't sure if the girl was going to live or die. So it's potentially a first degree murder on your hands. And they read these two 12 year old girls, their rights and interrogated them without their parents. Yeah, that that one kind of sh- shook me a little bit. I was like, "Yet two twelve-year-old girls, their parents aren't there. There's no lawyer present. Like these are fucking children. You can't interrogate them. 
But apparently in Wisconsin you can because not only did they do that, they got a fucking conviction out of it. Well, so it was, what do I they, know? Well, and they, I think they asked too, like in one of like the because again this this documentary shows like courtroom stuff. I think they asked one of the detectives. I, I want to say it was the guy that interviewed Morgan. Did you guys let the parents know what was going on, or did you guys think about letting the parents be in the room when you guys questioned? And he said, "No, that wasn't an option. Like that wasn't going to be an option." It's like they're twelve. I understand. Listen, if it's twelve-year-old kids and you bust them for like stealing something like a candy bar at Walmart, okay, I get it. Reading their rights and ha- asking questions, I guess you want to. But you're talking about a potential murder. I, I, yeah. I can't. I don't know on what earth they think it's okay to interview children. Uh, without their parents present about something that is potentially they could lock them up for 65 years. I mean, essentially their entire life, you know? Yeah. This is like a life changing thing. Like this isn't like, you like you said, like a candy bar getting stolen or something. This is like, Hey, this is going to affect you literally for the rest of your life and And, no parents. And one other thing I thought was strange. I don't know if you picked up on this or not, but when they were showing the, cause they were interviewed separately, obviously there was a, a male detective, who interviewed Morgan, who was the, the, the girl who actually did the stabbing. And then there was a female detective that interviewed Anissa separately. The guy who interviewed Morgan, did he seem like disinterested to you? Or did he come across as like a jerk? To, I, don't, I I get he's a big bad cop and whatever, but did, did, that, did his demeanor come off as weird to you? Or is it just me? No, it was, it was definitely like, I felt like he was like, I've got places to be right now. Like I'm supposed to be working on something else or I have like vacation in a week. Like he just did not seem to give a shit. Like he seemed so like nonchalant about a potential murder of a child that Mm -hmm. I was, I was astounded. It was, it was almost enough to make me stop thinking about the fact that they were interrogating a child without (laughs) any kind of legal counsel or parents. Yeah, I, I think that was one thing that was very, not, I would say off-putting, um, I guess, but that was, I guess, most shocking to me is throughout these interviews or interrogations, both the girls and that detective, even the female detective, to be honest, they all, they all seemed like they no, nobody was very animated or emotional <laughs> about any of it. Like, they were really just having a conversation about these two girls trying to kill their friend. It was actually kind of a weird like a very flat affect from all parties involved kind of situation. I know Anissa cried a little bit, but uh, was... that the one girl you want to talk about flat affectations. Holy shit. Oh, Morgan. You had to stab her. Oh yeah. my God, dude. She was just like, so yeah, then I stabbed her. Um, yeah. I stabbed her a bunch of times and uh, you know, Anissa didn't want to, but blah, blah, blah. blah. And I was just like, holy shit. Can you like, I, I don't, I don't know how she, yeah, we'll get into it later with the, the psychological tests and stuff. But I was like, holy shit, this kid, like, I was I was like, I can't believe they tried him as adults. <laughs> but then, like, as I, I was, like, remembering the interrogation, I was like, that kid should be locked up forever. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But that kid needs to be locked up forever. That is a terrifying child. <laughs> um. Yeah, so uh, let's let's get into this. So again, we're not going to necessarily go chronologically here with the documentary, but so let's talk about a few things here. Slenderman himself, the Slenderman. So the documentary does cover kind of what he is. Um, he is, like I said earlier, he's like the modern internet boogeyman is how they put it in the documentary. 
one thing I thought was wild, and I guess this is just way how it's going to be now. There's going to be like internet archaeologists. They're going to have to like dig through the internet and find like the genesis of certain things from online. I, like, every meme has like the first time it was posted. So it'll be interesting uh-huh. as, as we go on to have like these people go on research like this was the first time, you know, the uh, this meme was used or this video was uploaded, you know. And so they did this with Slender Man. They're able to trace it back to June 10th in 2009. A user by the name of Victor Surge, whose actual name is Eric Knutson, posted the first known images and story about Slender Man as part of a Photoshop contest where basically is to take photographs and to make them spooky. So he's created Slender Man just, I think, for like two photos for this contest. And from there, it just went like wild. Like it just spread like crazy. It ends up finding a home on Creepypasta or Creepypasta Wiki, which prior to this documentary, I'd never heard of. To be honest, I still haven't checked it out since watching this documentary. I'm not sure I want to. Apparently, kids little, go on it though. I did, little, I did a little looking. Okay, so what is like? So it's just like a like a forum website, or what is Creepypasta? Explain that to me. It, it was. It's exactly like how they explained it, and like you said, it's like a bunch of just short stories, essentially, uh, about like haunted things or like you know demons stuff like that. It's just it's like I didn't really go. I didn't deep dive. All right, okay. I kind of like glanced over it. The main page is you get on there and it like it gives you ratings for stories and there's like a list of stories and it gives like a dis- brief dis- brief description underneath and you can click you can click read more. I didn't uh, read any of them. So basically, it's a site where kids go to get scared, essentially to scare yeah. themselves and scare each other. Yeah. Okay. And it's, it you know, it's, like. just, it's it's the goosebumps. It's the modern goosebumps. Ah, that's a good way of putting it, probably. Yeah. So like I said, after it lands on creepypasta, it kind of takes off. And then from there, it becomes essentially fan fiction, and it's really fan art driven. Just people create drawings and um, stories and shit that kind of just expand the lore. He ends up having like all kinds of powers, and he can like I don't know, be everywhere, and then he can like shoot like, things out of his out of his back. He's got like tentacles, and he can teleport, and he's essentially omniscient. Mm-hmm. And it's like a whole, like it's it's it's. I mean, it's a creepy thought, but like, yeah, it's it's not like it, it's not the most. Cre- I feel like it's not the most creative of bad guys. You know, mm-hmm. it's like like I said, he's like basically omniscient and like can be everywhere at once. And when you're walking, he'll just appear behind you, and he can grab you with his tentacles. It's, I mean, yeah, it's a scary thought, but it's not like I think vampires are scarier. Yeah, I agree. I think he's kind of a weak bad guy. But as the documentary says, though, for some kids, and I think we talked about this too with, with that clown doc we watched last year. But for some reason, some kids like really gravitate towards the bad guy or these scary characters, and they kind of become like icons to them or heroes. Like in this one, they talked yeah. about how there were some people who like, no, nah, I don't want to say worship. Maybe that's a strong term for it. Well, like, well I become... think worship is. I mean, <laughs> I, I think I think you. You nailed on the head there, but I, I don't think that's that's too strong of a word at all. I guess when you're, I think that's uh, exactly what happened. I guess when you're doing uh, offering blood sacrifices, I guess <laughs> that would be the best way to describe it. Yeah, but, that's you nailed on the head. Yeah. So I'm, but anyway, but then some people end up like thinking he's a good guy and he's like watching out for kids and he's like a guardian angel of sorts. 
um, which is kind of a weird take on uh, somebody who will kill your family. I don't, I don't know, but yeah. depends on what your family's like, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Um, and then the, again, it goes into more of like just kind of internet lore stuff about like memes and how like, you know, Slender Man is just another example of stuff on the internet that goes viral that kind of jumps from computers and phones to real life. They kind of mentioned like the ALS bucket challenge. I don't know if you did that back in the day, the cold water challenge thing or planking. I did for not. Example. Uh, I, I did never, a lot of planking. Well, I never planked, but I did do the cold water challenge thing. Um, on my uh, first deployment, it was a big thing. There's like, and I, I just found pictures from my first deployment or was my second deployment. And it was just, I mean, listen, I was supposed to be like guarding the base or something, but I was like, there's pictures of me planking off everything. (laughs) Which is such a, it's such a silly thing to think about. It's so simple. It's kind of genius. Just like laying, let's lay flat on your stomach in the most weirdest place. It's so, so funny though. I I don't know why, but it's so funny. And honestly, we were just bored all the time. So (laughs) at that point, like, (laughs) <laughs> like you just get bored you do stupid shit well, th- th- thank you for your service thank you for once again i'm supposed to be guarding the base thank you for reminding us that freedom isn't free we appreciate you exactly hey you're, um, you're welcome anytime <laughs> uh and then it gets into two like i don't know this is kind of like i think this guy's trying to make some money here just kind of prove his trying to justify his salary but i guess the slender man has some historical roots apparently in the pied piper story the only thing I took away from that is I didn't realize the Pied Piper story was so fucking dark. The old dramatic stories are so fucking terrifying. Like they're not they're not like friendly at all. There's no happy ending. It's like, oh yeah, and the big bad wolf ate grandma and then ripped Little Riding Hood to, to shreds. And you know what the lesson is? There's no lesson. There are monsters in the world. You're probably gonna die young. <laughs> That's the lesson. <laughs> yeah. But uh, anyway, so, okay, let's get into the kind of the, the nuts and bolts here right. of, no, you're fine. Let's get into some of the nuts and bolts here of the actual um, event, the actual stabbing. So what what had happened was Morgan and Anissa had planned this murder in advance. Like we said, they needed to appease Slenderman to protect their families or something. So Cause they, they their theory was that Slenderman was going to, uh, kill their families if they didn't mm-hmm. offer him a sacrifice, mm-hmm. which is so like such an old school like line of thought to me. It's biblical. It's just it's it's biblical. It's it's like it's just like every old style god that people have come up with. It's like we have to sacrifice blah 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 for this to work. And you're like, does do, do we have like if we keep sacrificing virgins? Uh, we're gonna be r- running real low here soon. Like maybe we should, maybe we should get some of these guys that have been having a lot of sex. I don't know, just a thought. But like, we're running out of virgins. Could we stop killing them? That'd be great. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, one thing that's uh, kind of I took away from the interviews of uh, both these girls at the police department is they kind of go back and forth over who is responsible for what. So at first, it seems like it was kind of like. They're holding hands and they're both in it together kind of thing. And then it becomes like Morgan saying that Anissa, An- Anissa told her about uh, Slender Man. And then Anissa saying that Morgan was the one that was a Slender Man fan. It kind, of, it kind of went back and forth a little bit, which you expect. But yeah, like we said, that they needed to uh, protect their families. And then also Anissa said that Morgan told her 
that they would have to kill their friend uh, in order to become proxies for Slender Man. That way they were able to live with him in his mansion in Nicollet National Park, which I believe is in bumfuck Wisconsin somewhere. And they kind of, like I said, they kind of went back and forth and, and blamed each other. Um, but, so this murder they, was... Go ahead. I was going to say, they, they didn't... They blamed each other about that, but, like, it was always... Uh, it wasn't Anissa, it was Morgan that did the stabbing. Mm-hmm. They never changed their story on that. Like, oh. Morgan's like, oh, yeah, I stabbed her. But... I think she brought up Slenderman. I'm like, dude, you're arguing with the wrong point. Like, you're going to jail, <laughs> motherfucker. Nobody cares who introduced who to this. Like, you need to like get your priorities straight. <laughs> yeah. So, like we said, they they pre-planned this murder. Initially, the plan was um, they had a, a birthday party, a sleepover at Morgan's house, and it was just the three of them. And their initial plan was to kill the girl in the basement. But then that plan changed. And then they, the next morning they got up and they went to a park nearby and there was some kind of altercation. I don't know the exact details, but there was an altercation in the, in the bathroom where Morgan was supposed to stab her. Um, I think Anissa ended up like slamming her head against a wall or something. The girl they didn't end up stabbing her in the bathroom. They ended up stabbing her in the woods after they're going to play hide and seek or something. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And, and then when they're describing, like it just, it seemed like so hectic. I, I can only like, they were very, like we said, they were very emotionless for the most part in describing the events, but just the way they described it, the back and forth of like, Anissa saying like you have to do it now, and Morgan being like How do you do it, and they're kind of arguing about it, and then ultimately Anissa says like do it now, and Morgan stabs her and communicate. I mean, there's more to it than just that, but it sounded like it was just a wild, hectic thing, right? Like it sounded yeah, terrible. I mean, as as far as murders planned by twelve year olds, I give this one a C. All right. <laughs> All right. They obviously, first of all, it wasn't a murder. It was an attempted murder. Yeah. So you get docked on that. And then second of all, clearly they hadn't worked out who was doing the actual stabbing. So you lose another grade right there. And the arguing, that's just, you can't, you can't argue in front of a victim. That's embarrassing. And I think in the long run, uh, people are going to notice that you're not doing things properly. <laughs> yeah, it was sloppy. So, yeah. I mean, in terms of murder, it was, it was a sloppy murder. I don't think Slenderman not- would be very happy or very impressed. No, he's like, okay, can I get different proxies? This is bullshit. <laughs> These twelve-year-old girl thing. I don't know whose idea this was, but I got the shaft. <laughs> well, no, I think Bella got the shaft. Yeah, so that's true. <laughs> she got the shank at least. Yeah, but anyway, so then it, it does it does get into like some of the the girls' background and some of their history. One thing, like I had I mentioned earlier, so it th- goes into Anissa's kind of like her internet history, and it from what I can kind of gather. It sounded like Anissa's the one who was more into it online, like more into the Slenderman thing and more into the creepypasta stuff. And it sounds like she introduced it to Morgan. Some of the stuff that Anissa was watching online, it just it scares as a as a new father, it scares the fuck out of me because like her search history and like her YouTube view algorithms and stuff was wild. Like it shows the perfect duality of a twelve year old girl who's like struggling mentally with stuff, 
Uh, but then also is just like a healthy total girl. So she'd watch like just stuff that you think that kids would watch. And then she was watching a video of a cat killing a mouse, which was weird, weird. And then she's watching videos to like self-diagnose. Are you a psycho? Are you a sociopath? And then she was like, she would make comments like, I failed, lock me up, and that kind of stuff. I just thought it was so scary, man. The internet, like, man. The internet. It, 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 and you're right. It was it was it was both sad and scary. I, I I maintain my initial diagnosis that she needed to be locked up forever because she scared the shit out of me. <laughs> but uh it really was like a, a deeply troubling thing to like when you realize that this this poor kid was suffering with an undiagnosed mental illness and it just it was just ruining her life well so let's get into, let's get into that so they do do they do do so they the obviously it's <laughs> it a highbrow podcast so uh obviously it's part of this criminal case this, this trial situation here they're gonna have to do like a psyche eval on these two girls so morgan who is the girl who did the stabbing she is diagnosed uh, by the psych doctors as um, having, I haven't written down here. There's a lot to it. Basically, she's schizophrenic. She has a psychopathic personality disorder, and she has a, like a defiancy disorder. And they go into like she started. She was seeing hallucinations since she was three years old, and uh. her father, and Morgan wasn't aware of this prior to all of this. But her father is actually also schizophrenic, and they interview him, and he talks about like the things he sees. And it just, it just sounds like such a, a terrible way to live. You know, it just, it just yeah. it's, it, it's almost like it's so wild that it seems like unfathomable, you know, like he's talking about, you see patterns and stuff and things and you hear voices and the, like the devil talks, you don't know if you're talking to the devil, or you see the devil and stuff like that just sounds like such an, just a miserable existence. That's, and that's something that I was, I've always been scared of. It's like when you're, you're like. You know, your body can betray you, like your, you know, friends or family can betray you, but like you at least, at the very least, you should have your mind. Mm-hmm. And that's always something that's just like scares the shit out of, out of me. Like what happens if like your mind breaks down and you like get some sort of degenerative disease that just makes you fucking crazy? Like that mm-hmm. sounds the, like the worst to me. Yeah. Like you get like trapped in the, the prison cell of your own brain. Like it's, it's. Yeah. Yeah, it's scary. That's it's real it's horrifying. Really scary shit, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> on the other hand, though, Anissa, who is the girl that had this um, checkered YouTube history here, she presented no psych issues in relation to psych- being a psychopath or being a sociopath. So she was actually not diagnosed with any mental condition that would explain why she participated in this. That to me is the scariest part of this entire fucking thing. <laughs> that this girl who is so just yeah, I mean that's what we this is what happened. We try to kill her and we, we're gonna go walking and uh, I don't know. Like yeah, somebody beat the tests. <laughs> she beat the test, man. <laughs> so, I don't. I do. That was scary. That was scary. I was watching. I was like, how? How is there? There's nothing. Like then what? Then yeah. what is this? Like what happened? That, he, like nothing registered with you. Uh, the one girl just seemed like I think I think Anissa was like she seemed more like the follower to me. Like she would just go along with whatever. Uh, well, was- I mean, yeah, I mean, however, though, like the way it shook out is that 
Anissa is the one who gave the order and told Morgan to to do it. I think she said, "Go ballistic, go crazy, or something like that." And then Morgan, yeah. and then Morgan stabbed uh, her friend, and it was Morgan's friend. It wasn't Anissa's friend. It was Morgan's friend. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's just a weird. I mean, it's just a a crazy fucking like, circumstance. Yeah, I listen. I think for the safety of everybody, they should just stay locked up. I'm just, that's <laughs> well, what I'm comfortable with. I think that's what the general public's comfortable with. Uh, I had, I had moral qualms about the idea of charging two 12 year old girls as adults. Mm-hmm. But when the judge was explaining why he made that choice, I was like, uh, I get it. I mean, I feel like I kind of, I kind of fucking get it. Yeah. So, the, so speaking of that, so based on their psyche valves and the circumstances in the case, you know their defense attorneys present what I think is a pretty pretty compelling case, especially in Morgan's situation where she clearly has an undiagnosed and now diagnosed severe mental uh, illness. The judge uh, orders the case to remain in adult court, and his primary thinking or his primary justification is that clearly this was something that was very serious. I mean, they did try to murder somebody, and so if he did, if he allowed them to go to juvenile court. Essentially, when they turn 18 years old, the court would have no oversight over them whatsoever. So there would like be, they'd be released and that's they'd be it. released and that's it. Exactly. So the judge kept them in adult court at the end of the documentary, because the document, like we said, is very it's it's they're Johnny on the spot here. Actually, it was they were the crew was with the parents only six months after the stabbing. So it was really fast. So the documentary doesn't even end with a resolution to the trial. At the end of the documentary, Morgan is in a facility a mental health hospital um, awaiting trial. And Anissa is uh, incarcerated at a local county jail, in a juvenile county jail, awaiting trial. And the woods where the stabbing occurred had been bulldozed. And that's like the doc which, ends there, which is, I mean, it's, I know it's an older doc for us, but it's like they didn't even finish the story, why? you know? Yeah. I, I To me, I don't understand why the, the woods got bulldozed. Like, what was the... What was the thought process on that? I'm sure there was some. There had to be some other reason, because that, otherwise it's such a like a, a crazy reaction to the. It's it sounds like something that like somebody in charge would do, just to be like, oh well, there's all this stuff with this, and you know, by getting rid of the woods, it won't be a problem. But it's just such a. I, I feel like such a, a crazy overreaction to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't get it unless they're worried about like people, like kids coming and trying to like. You know, it turned into some kind of like spooky place and they didn't want like trespassers. I mean, I'm sure somebody owned the property. They probably didn't want like kids going there and fucking around or people to come and create some kind of Slender Man shrine or maybe Slender Man was hanging out. They're like, dude, you got to go. You got to go back to your <laughs> mansion in the National Park. You've, bro. Been, a, you've been evicted. Yeah, it's exactly, done. dude. You're, you're causing problems in the community. You got to get out of here. But um, just to follow up, because like I said, the documentary ends without really knowing what ends up happening with these with these girls. So the victim, uh, Bella, she does make a full recovery, um, and I believe she ended up going to school. Like she moved out of the area and goes to college or went to college. So she ended up making a full recovery, which is great for the two girls. Wait, so, go ahead. I, I got confused. Was the girl that was schizophrenic, which I thought she was the one that was like deadpanning the whole thing. She was. But it wasn't her. No, she was. Mor- Morgan was the one oh. that was interviewed by the guy, and she's just like, "Is Bella gonna die?" And he's like, "I don't know." And she's like, "Okay, I was just curious." Yeah, 
you know, yeah, that was yeah, that was um that's Morgan. That's the, that's the girl who that's the girl who stabbed. But the other girl is the one with the crazy search history and shit, where she's taking like am I crazy tests on YouTube, and then posting yeah. that she failed them, which I guess is just kind of an edgy thing to do. But anyway, so in 2017, Anissa pled guilty to being party of of attempted second degree homicide. A jury, however, then found her not guilty by mental disease or defect. Morgan uh, accepted a plea offer under which she would not go to trial, but that she would go be evaluated by a psychiatrist to determine how long she'd be placed in a mental hospital. She later pled guilty, but was found not guilty by reason of mental disease or defect since she was diagnosed with schizophrenia. And Nissa was ended up, ended up being sentenced to 25 years to life. Um, an indeterminate sentence involving at least three years locked confinement and involuntary treatment in a state psychiatric institute, followed by communal supervision until age 37. Morgan, the, the girl who did the stabbing, was given a maximum sentence of 40 years to life, in, in addition to involuntary treatment in a state psychiatric institute until complete resolution of symptoms or until age 53, whichever may happen first. Which complete resolution of symptoms, she's schizophrenic. Mm-hmm. Your brain just doesn't start sending out the right chemistry. Mm-hmm. So she's there till she's 53. Mm-hmm. And it says here she is the youngest patient at the time, at least. She was the youngest patient to be housed at the mental health facility at which she was uh, she was ordered to to remain. So um, I know I know I've been joking about like these girls gonna be locked up forever, but I'm also like that's fucking sad. It's sad, but I got a little good news for you here. So on July 1st, 2021, a judge ordered that Anissa should be released and gave 60 days to draw up a conditional release plan. She has since been released. She is on 24-hour GPS monitoring. She's not allowed to leave the county without permission. Um, she has her internet usage monitored and will not be allowed any forms of social media. She's required to take medication, must be personally escorted to regular counseling sessions by a caseworker, and she is required to live with her father during the period of her probation. Well, that's so, good. So she's out. I mean, and she's the one that had a legitimate, like, mental illness. No, that was the other one. Oh, wait. So the girl that didn't have a mental illness is out. She's out. She, but she's under supervision till 37. So she has to live with her father until she's 37 years old. Um, Man, how do, you, how do you think her dad feels about yeah, that? That's, a, that's punishment for him, probably. Yeah. Um, Should have watched that iPad a little closer. <laughs> then, I'm sorry. And then and then Morgan Morgan appealed on the basis that... Um, she should have been charged with the second degree intentional homicide rather than first degree and that she gave statements to investigators before being read her Miranda rights. However, the Wisconsin Supreme Court declined to hear her appeal. So she is serving 40 years to life in a mental institution. That's sad. That is very sad. So, um, Matt, what did you think about this documentary? I thought the documentary was really good. I, uh, I mean, I, like I said, those little girls scared the shit out of me. That's even scarier when I'm like, that's like my daughter's age. So, you know, not a big deal. I just sleep with one eye open now. Uh, But, you know, I I feel like the whole, like, oh, I was keeping a close eye. How hard is that? I mean, honestly, I, my, my kid, she loves YouTube. All right. And that's, that's fine. She watches the videos in the living room where we can all see what's going on. Mm-hmm. And anything that even seems remotely inappropriate, I'm like, uh, 
no, turn the shit off. Let's put something else on. It's no effort. All right. It's just like watching TV. I feel like you don't, you don't, you don't let your kid turn on, like you don't let your 11 year old turn on a rated R movie. You just, you're like, Hey, let's, what, what are you watching? Okay. What's this about? And you sit down, you ask your questions about it and you kind of like watch it a little bit with them until the inevitable loud noises and screaming that kids do on YouTube makes you want to drive yourself off a bridge or risk allowing your child to become a murderer. But like you do like a, just a little bit of effort. I feel like it's not that bad. Yeah. Then you just excuse yourself to the bathroom and pray to Slender Man that he'll come take you. <laughs> yeah. That he, that he comes and takes you and the people that made that YouTube video. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know what, I mean, again, I'm a new dad, so I don't have experience in like in this world, but, I, and I don't know what the, the, I know today there's like all kinds of parental controls you can put on stuff. Like you can, I, I believe you can pretty much lock out whatever parts of the internet you don't want somebody to see, which is probably a great thing. And then the other thing too, is this gets in, this gets into the kind of the conversation of are kids influenced by this stuff? You know, like the whole like the of video course games. they are. Do video games make kids violent? Does this kind of stuff make kids violent? Would these girls have otherwise done this if it wasn't for this internet community boogeyman thing? Like, I, I guess my thought would be if it wasn't this, it'd be something else. You know, you know. I mean, yeah. I, I just it just was like a just was like a, a car crash, like a train wreck that you just couldn't stop from happening. You have this girl who's yeah. profoundly mentally ill, who is undiagnosed, not getting treatment. And then you have, which is, I, 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 I don't want to judge other people with like parenting, but at the same time, like, all right, you know, her father has got schizophrenia. She's telling you she's seeing shit the entire time she's a kid. And you think she's just fucking around? Like, don't you, that wouldn't like, you wouldn't like, hey, maybe we should get her tested because her dad sees hallucinations yeah. and now she's claiming she sees hallucinations. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah, I, um, I, I feel like, I mean, it's a sad story. I don't think the parents are totally to blame. Mm-hmm. It just seems like a bunch of really terrible things mixed up to cause this whole situation. But I also feel like maybe maybe put in a little effort, guys, just to make sure your kids don't wind up on the news, just to make sure they're you know they're not they don't end up in a lifetime movie at some point. All right, <laughs> just just like a little bit of effort. Yeah, it, yeah, I, and and then you know, like I said, she's profoundly mentally ill, not getting help, and then you have this girl who's kind of like a loner, and she finds like this community online that she really probably feels embraced by and she hasn't has a lot of knowledge about and then i don't know if there's like jealousy about the other best friend i don't know i mean it's a whole lot of there's a whole lot of different things at play here i'm very glad and grateful that they, that girl survived had she died it would have been obviously a, a more tragic story it sounded like she almost died i mean the injuries were they stabbed they, her 19 times yeah from what they that, described it was the, the injuries were substantial fuck ton of times to get stabbed and walk away from mm-hmm. even an adult like much like you think about a kid like they're so much smaller than us they probably don't have you know i'm old well, it's not they probably they definitely don't have as much blood and like body fat to like kind of absorb some of that stabbing like this was just straight up like it's it's that was uh, that's what i was thinking i was like how do you get stabbed 19 times and survive that's so fucking crazy to me yeah that's it's the whole thing is scary, man. It's just a scary story all the way around, and it's it's. I don't know. The doc. I think the documentary was was really good. Um, like I said, this was definitely one of those. Again, they came out like 2016, 2017. This was one of those. Let's get this out. Let's be the first one. You know, first to market with this documentary. I think it was in 
HBO documentary. So it's like you could tell it was just let's get the shit out quick. Not to say that yeah. wasn't good, but I mean, you could have waited six months and got the resolution. <laughs> you know what I yeah. mean? And would have had a complete story versus like the cliffhanger well, of what happens. Yeah, but you also think like sometimes these crazy like national news stories go on forever. Yeah, that's true. Like longer than six months. Could have been like a year or two before they finally got everything settled down. And these guys just be sitting on their thumbs the whole time. Yeah, that's true. So I guess that's my, again, if I could be picky, I would say that, you know. Um, otherwise, I mean, they, I mean, again, they got the good interviews that they needed to get with the parents. They got the interrogation videos, which was very insightful. Scary, but yeah, that was fine. Scary. Insightful. And then they did a good good job of explaining what Slender Man is to somebody, me, who had no idea what he really was <laughs> prior to this. So, yeah, overall, uh, how many beers would you need to watch it again? Zero. Oh, zero. Liked it that much. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, I didn't, it's not that I, I liked it. I mean, well, I, I liked it. Mm-hmm. it. I just didn't think there was anything that really needed any fixing on it. I thought mm-hmm. it was good. Yeah, I might have one just to wet my whistle you know i'm yeah. not not too picky just, about it it was good just to take the edge off of watching two 12 year olds be like yeah i stabbed her uh a bunch of times i stabbed her in the chest and the back and the arms and is she gonna die oh, okay like what the fuck is wrong with you all right <laughs> jesus like lock her up immediately <laughs> i don't know I do. personally i think that the other one that's the scarier one to me because she 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 had at times a little more emotion, but there was no like definitive, like this is the underlying mental health issue that would cause yeah. you to do this. You know? So it's like, well, why, then why did you do this? Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think she was just, I really think she was just a follower and she was just kind of not accepting reality. Whereas the other girl who's actually genuinely schizophrenic, I feel, I feel worse for her because she's got a mental, a, a diagnosed mental illness mm-hmm. and she's going to spend literally her entire adult life in in a mental institution mm-hmm. which is fucking crazy to me but yeah i mean it's it, again it comes down to what we talked about before is you got to balance you know public, public safety, safety yeah, yeah. personal rights so and that's like, and that's yeah i felt bad i feel bad for the judge i'm sure he that's one of those he looks back on and he's like fuck i don't know if i made the right choice but I, I think no, you're damned I, if you do, damned if you don't. Because then if you let her go, I think if this would have stayed in juvenile court and they get out at 18 and something happens, then it's like, dude, you could have prevented a murder. Or you could have prevented this yeah. from happening, you know? So mm-hmm. it's, it's you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, you know, kind of situation. It's like, it's like yeah, I think there are some things that are just no win. Like there's it's lose-lose. And that's, yeah, I think I feel like any kind of trial involving children is like a lose-lose proposition because yeah. i feel like yeah you're like why are you even here go to mm-hmm. school you should be like flirting with girls behind the bleachers right now not fucking standing in front of a judge so anyway so that is beware the slenderman make sure you guys check it out if you're interested on uh, it's on hbo uh, as always make sure you guys subscribe rate and review we really appreciate it uh, check us out on our socials social facebook uh, we're on twitter twitter's at for real pod any questions comments complaints guest requests uh, doc recommendations if you happen to know somebody who's involved in paranormal investigations and you think it'd be a good interview let us know cancel the podcast cancel the podcast at gmail.com or message us on uh, social media that'd be great i'm special k and i'm
And I'm Matt. And we'll see you guys next time. Later!